This is an RNZ podcast. And that makes the revelations of the past few days dismaying, bewildering, unacceptable. You pick the word. People will arrive in the country with COVID-19. That's inevitable. The task is singular. Make sure the quarantine and testing regime prevents it from spreading. That was John Campbell on TVNZ's Breakfast last Thursday, summing up what a lot of people felt about those in charge of keeping carriers of COVID-19 from overseas out of circulation. You had one job. The national vibe changed in a big way after the announcement on Tuesday that we had our first fresh cases of COVID-19 for more than three weeks and that they were two people who should have been fully isolated. Now we know that an unknown number of people have left isolation without a negative test and this week the Prime Minister appointed a top New Zealand Defence Force officer to run the quarantine system, though NewsHub later revealed he'd actually been made the person in charge of that about a month ago. And it was also announced that the Chief Ombudsman, Peter Bozier, will begin inspecting than quarantine facilities next month to make sure they're running properly. And on Thursday, he told John Campbell on TVNZ's Breakfast he was already well aware that things weren't exactly watertight. When my staff arrived, they found that they were in the reception area with an incoming plane load of people who were about to be put into quarantine. I found out about this the next morning and, as I've said, I was not a happy chappy because I felt my staff had been put at risk, had been compromised. Now, Peter Boshia was far from the only unhappy chappy this week after potentially fatal flaws in our quarantine system came to light thanks to some dogged work from reporters, as Hayden Donnell now reports. On Saturday, June 13, Ashley Bloomfield posed for a photo next to a cartoon of himself as a halo-wearing saint in a Wellington store window. At the time, most news outlets were understandably focused on the country's return to normality. A new shopping development was opening at Auckland's Commercial Bay. The weekend Super Rugby matches were sold out. But while Dr Bloomfield grinned alongside his beatific likeness, two COVID-19-infected women were driving from Auckland to Wellington. They'd been released from the Novotel Ellerslie early without being tested for the virus. At the same time, a woman who had been at the hotel with the pair and was now technically one of their close contacts was being sent home, also without a test. That woman's story, and many others like it, are only known because of the work of Kristen Hall. The one news journalist raised the alarm about failings in the country's quarantine facilities days before those slip-ups spiralled into a national crisis. This report from June 11 exposed dangerously lax procedures for dealing with quarantine guests at the Crown Plaza in Auckland. Unwittingly joining a managed isolation walk, the man in a suit walking right through a group who've just returned from overseas. Workers and general public are are literally walking shoulder to shoulder past us and some of them join the group. I feel like I've been probably more exposed to the virus in this hotel than I have my whole time in the Philippines. Guests say there's been no social distancing enforced on walks or inside the Crown Plaza where people from different flights have been closely mingling, like in the smoking room. Eight days. And what about you, my friend? How long have you got? I need tomorrow. If stories like that one hadn't already aired, it's possible the Ministry of Health could have played off its failures at the Novotel Ellerslie as an isolated incident. Kristen Hall kept on the case through the week. Her story on Wednesday night revealed a children's birthday party had been held inside a quarantine facility, with kids who arrived on different flights, on different days, all attending. 
She's not the only one with concerns. Mel Langsford said this gathering for a child's birthday with passengers from different flights was organised by health officials at Auckland's Waipuna Lodge. She then proceeded to blow out the candles um, and then a Ministry of Health worker who was assigned to the hotel then came and cut the cake. News Hub's investigations editor Michael Mora came through with a concerning story of his own on Wednesday. He revealed a large group of people had been allowed out of a quarantine facility in Christchurch to attend a burial in contravention of the government's Alert Level 1 rules. Also on June 9, the ministry said all those leaving will require a negative test result before they leave. Steve Parkin said no one could confirm to him if they'd been tested and as they hadn't completed their quarantine, he refused to allow the group to attend the funeral. However, the group did attend the burial anyway, where 150 people were present. They were accompanied by a DHB nurse. There's some work to be done, certainly, to tidy this up. Mora has also covered failings in the Ministry of Health's distribution of PPE to hospitals and care facilities across the country. His stories were backed up by a report on PPE from the Auditor-General this week, which found organisational failures and mixed messaging from the Ministry. The wave of bad press appears to have robbed Ashley Bloomfield of his halo, at least temporarily. This is News Hub's political editor, Tover O'Brien, speaking to Mike McRoberts on Wednesday. Tova joins us now. Tova, where's the Director-General of Health on all of this? Mike, MIA, Ashley Bloomfield was missing in action today after being the face of the COVID-19 response on your screens every day when suddenly there were very serious questions to answer. He's disappeared, refusing to be interviewed, refusing to hold a press conference. And we understand that was a directive from the Prime Minister's office. When Ashley Bloomfield did front a media conference the next day, Tova O'Brien had this question about his initial incorrect claim that the two COVID-infected women from Novotel Ellerslie hadn't had contact with anyone on their way to Wellington. How can anyone trust anything that you say? Well, I hope that people will trust what I say. You stated as fact what these women were telling you. It was wrong. So why should we trust anything that you say? Uh, because on Tuesday, that was the extent, full extent of the information I had... The women told health officials on Tuesday night they had seen friends for directions when they got lost. The officials apparently didn't think it was worth passing on. News Talk ZB's Mike Hosking also grilled Ashley Bloomfield on Thursday. This is the tail end of a heated interview where he repeatedly called on the Director General of Health to resign. So the question's simple. How many people have left a hotel without being tested? I do not know that number. But How no on earth can you not know that number? Since the second of, uh, since uh, two days ago, unless they've been tested, Mike, and that's what I'm taking responsibility so for. So there's potentially, what, half a dozen, a dozen, 20, 30, uh, 50, 100, or we Mike, literally don't know? Let me go back. We have had managed isolation in place for several months with people going in and, 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 uh, and undertaking 14 days of that isolation without any testing. We added the testing in. Once we moved to alert level one, we moved rapidly. It didn't get implemented. Actually, you as didn't, well as you it could didn't have implement the testing because yeah. we've got numerous stories of people not being tested. Look, uh, Mike, just to reiterate, it has now been fully implemented and I'm providing that assurance. And my team and I are very focused okay. on making sure that happens. The fact that Ashley Bloomfield was on Mike Hosking's show making that commitment was partly thanks to the collective efforts of reporters like Kristen Hall, Michael Mora, and others including News Hub's Patrick Gower. 
Their stories have fueled a public outcry over the Ministry of Health and the government's failings and put pressure on them to enact urgent reforms to their inadequate systems. If those reforms are successful and New Zealand avoids a COVID-19 catastrophe in the coming weeks, we can thank good, persistent reporting for making us all a little bit safer. Hayden Donnell there on how reporters lifted the lid this week on a series of potentially fatal flaws in our quarantine system. All this began with the Director-General of Health, Dr Ashley Bloomfield, revealing on Tuesday two fresh cases of COVID-19. And announcing that news on Tuesday, Dr Bloomfield seemed to have a message for those who had criticised the harsh restrictions on funerals. Today's news underscores the recent decision to not grant exemptions to attend funerals or tangihanga, where there may be large groups of people present. And there were some pretty loud voices in the media condemning him for failing to grant more compassionate exemptions in the past, which are now at the heart of our current problems. I don't know how we have ended up in this country with a health ministry so heartless and a Director General of Health who isn't sorry that this is happening. He says that his team are empathetic, but they are not. They have declined all requests for exemptions. Well, this past week the media did a good job in exposing cases of the system falling down, but big-name broadcasters like Heather Duplessy-Ellen there haven't been as keen to revisit their own calls to grant more compassionate exemptions in the past. I took a look at that in this week's Midweek Media Watch with Karen Hay on The Lately Show. That's on the Media Watch page of the RNZ website if you missed it, or the RNZ app, or you can find it in the Media Watch podcast feed.